Now let me read you a, a, a grand passage of Scripture that comes from Jeremiah chapter 31. I'll begin in verse 10 and I'll read through verse 14. You follow as I read. Hear the word of the Lord, O nations, and declare it in the coastlands far away. Say, he who has scattered Israel will gather him and will keep him as a shepherd keeps his flock. For the Lord has ransomed Jacob and has redeemed him from hands too strong for him. They shall come and sing aloud on the height of Zion, and they shall be radiant over the goodness of the Lord, over the grain, the wine, and the oil, and over the young of the flock and the herd. Their life shall be like a watered garden, and they shall languish no more. Then shall the young women rejoice in the dance, and the young men and the old shall be merry. I will turn their mourning into joy. I will comfort them and give them gladness for sorrow. I will feast the soul of the priest with abundance, and my people shall be satisfied with my goodness, declares the Lord. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God, this word, this endures forever. Guys, Jeremiah 31 is a famous chapter in the scriptures. Uh, I guess they all are, but this one is most notable because of its mention and then brief discussion of the new covenant in verse 31. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. That's the famous part and those verses following that. That's the famous part that makes chapter 31 so notable, the mention and description of the new covenant. What I read you is not the famous part of Jeremiah 31. But what these verses, 10 through 14 and, and others here, give us is a, is a context. They give us a setting. Um, you, you ladies that are um, wearing a diamond ring right now, you know, you've got this, this lovely diamond that's in the center but around it are all the other little diamonds, um, and, and, the, and the, the big diamond is set into a setting. Um, these verses that I read are giving you the context, the setting, the backdrop of this thing that's identified as the new covenant. Um, did, you, did you happen to, to see much of it or, or wreck it? I mean, go back and look at it with me. Look at verse 10. Um, the scriptures are calling um, heralds to go out and say, tell the inhabitants of all the lands that the one who scattered Israel is going to gather her. Tell the world that he is going to shepherd his flock. That's verse 10. Then verse 11, look at those words, ransomed and redeemed. Folks, those are rich, pregnant words um, in Hebrew, in, in English, in Greek, and every other language. Ransomed and redeemed. Verse 12, um, they shall be radiant over the goodness. Look at that, the radiant, celebrating goodness. And then it goes on. Over the grain and the wine and the, and the oil, over the, um, and by way of implication, there's a land involved because the grain and the wine and the oil come from a land that he's going to provide. 
And then in verse 13, the young women rejoice in the dance. They break forth in dancing. And um, verse 13, I will turn their mourning into joy. And finally in verse 14, I will feast. <clears throat> they will have a feast, the soul of the, of the priests. Folks, do you see that? Do you see that context into which this diamond of the new covenant is dropped? The setting. Folks, that's a whole lot of positivity, is it not? Those words were intended to be words of hope and promise to Israel. Why? Because she was about to be dragged into captivity for 70 years. And while there, in captivity, they could remember these words. That this new thing, this big thing that God was going to do is going to create this, this incredible situation here. And of course, the, 20, the 70 years transpired and Israel was brought out of captivity, back into, out of Babylon, into Jerusalem. Under Ezra and Nehemiah, do you remember that? And yet, so much of this went, it went unrealized. Remember how hard things were when Nehemiah and Ezra were leading Israel at the time? And all of their enemies? And so the people who had returned from exile were left to wonder, when is this going to happen? When are we going to have our mourning turned into joy? Centuries passed until one spring evening in Jerusalem, a young rabbi sat in an upper room with his 12 disciples and he passed around a cup. And he said, this cup is the new covenant. This thing that God promised in Jeremiah and elsewhere, this new covenant is here in my blood. This new covenant promised to Israel is right here about to be realized. And the sign of its fulfillment was a meal of bread and wine. Folks, in Christ, we have returned from exile. And we have been filled with fatness. All because of the shed blood of the new covenant. All of this merriment and gladness and dancing and feasting, that is now ours. 
because that distance between us and God, because of our sin, it has been removed. We are no longer exiles. And that relationship has been restored because of the blood of the covenant symbolized in this sacrament. My brother and sister in Christ, our exile is over. We belong to the Savior having been cast out of his presence because of our sin, we have now been brought back by the shed blood of the new covenant. Let the dancing begin. Our Father, would you uh, meet us around this table? Would you remind us through these common elements that um, everything necessary to bring about a reestablishment of a relationship with the God who made us has been done and accomplished for us in Christ Jesus. That we are no longer exiled, but we have now been brought back. We've been brought near, and because our sin has been forgiven, our souls can break out in joy. Meet us here, Father. Do so for Jesus' sake. Amen.